Daniel Levine, and this is the Big Four Bio Podcast. Seattle's life sciences sector has long boasted top-tier research institutions like the University of Washington and the Fred Hutchinson Cancer Center. The region ranks fourth in venture capital funding for biotech. The decision by Pfizer to acquire Seattle Genetics for $43 billion reflects the region's ability to develop innovative companies that build value. We spoke to Luke Timmerman, founder and editor of the Timmerman Report, about the strengths of the Seattle biotech region, the ecosystem for industry to grow there, and the key challenges it faces. Luke, thanks for joining us. Hi, Danny. Good to be here. We're going to talk about biotech in the Seattle region, its strengths, and what distinguishes it. Perhaps we can start with a brief overview. How big a presence does biotech have in the Seattle region? It's pretty substantial. Uh, I think Seattle is best known for uh, Boeing airplanes and Starbucks coffee and as the headquarters of Amazon. So those are you know, major industries in this town. But biotech has, uh, well, by one recent estimate, about 40,000 employees uh, in the greater Puget Sound and Washington State uh, area. Now, that includes uh, drug discovery, but also some digital health, health technology, and, uh, and medical tech, uh, which medical devices, which we can talk about a little bit if you would like. What are some of the significant players in, in the region, and are there particular strengths it has? Yeah, so today, um, Bristol-Myers Squibb is one of the major companies. Uh, they acquired Celgene, and before that, it was Juno Therapeutics. Uh, so there's some real strength in cell therapy that uh, goes back, really all the way back to the development of bone marrow transplantation at the Fred Hutchinson Cancer Center, if you want to go back uh, many, many years. But cell therapy is a real strength. Um, there's also CGen uh, is the leading company in antibody drug conjugates, and they're uh, being acquired by Pfizer for $43 billion. So we have a lot of strength in cell therapy and advanced biologics. Um, and uh, it really goes back decades. Think about biotech existing in an ecosystem, not just the companies, but academic researchers and venture capitalists. What's the research and investment landscape like? And are there incubators and accelerators helping to give life to new companies? Yes. So uh, the University of Washington and the Fred Hutchinson Cancer Center are really the anchors of the research world here. So University of Washington is consistently one of the very top, if not the top uh, public university in terms of NIH funding every year. Uh, and uh, Fred Hutchinson Cancer Center is the same as among uh, freestanding independent research centers. So they bring it, they attract lots of grant funding and lots of bright people and push the boundaries of their respective fields. Uh, there are um, 
incubators and accelerators. Um, so one one is actually called Accelerator Life Science Partners here in Seattle, and it's been backed by Arch Venture Partners for many years. Uh, Washington Research Foundation is another um, entity that uh, funds work at the state institutions like University of Washington and Washington State. Um, so there is, um, and there's just a history of entrepreneurs here going back to really the 80s who have their own, they've developed their own family trees or informal networks, I guess you could say, advising uh, entrepreneurs today. What makes the region attractive for industry stakeholders, whether it's investors or job seekers or companies looking to find space? Well, I think it starts with just it's a beautiful place to live. Uh, I've been here for 20 plus years and I like the outdoors, the the hiking, the water. Uh, so our beautiful natural environment is um, is a real asset to uh, to to a lot of people. Um, but there's also for specifically for the biotech industry, it does have that uh, that pre-existing infrastructure like the research institutions the networks of entrepreneurs, the lab space, uh, all of those um, things that you need to start a company are, uh, are, are in place. How about the pool of talent in the region? Is, is there a, a good base for companies to go and, and build off of existing employees? Well, yes, uh, but it depends what kind of people that you're looking for. Uh, so, uh, going back to what I said earlier about the um, advanced biologics and um, kind of the biology side of things, the cell therapy, lots of talent there. Uh, if you're talking about, say, starting a small molecule company that requires a lot of medicinal chemists, um, maybe not as much. Um, or, say, on the commercialization side, uh, there has not been... Uh, this region has not grown to uh, a point where it has, say, a company like, say, an Amgen uh, that is fully, truly fully integrated and would have all of the sales and marketing people. So it, it just depends. But for uh, for the entrepreneurial community, uh, I think that everything is here to uh, to start um, really cool biotech companies. Well, was that because of acquisitions? Well, yes. So this goes back to some of the history. You know, when I was just getting started covering this industry 20 years ago at the Seattle Times newspaper, Immunex was the big company. And people might not remember that name, but they developed Enbrel uh, for rheumatoid arthritis and various other autoimmune conditions. And they were acquired by Amgen for, at the time, it was $16 billion. And this was the biggest uh, biotech acquisition to that point. Uh, and uh, it, um, it it was taken as a mixed bag because uh, Enbrel was this breakthrough drug and it was uh, making lots of money for Immunex. And it was Immunex was a high science company, uh, a point of pride. They really attracted a lot of great people doing great science. Uh, but it did not uh, have the wherewithal to remain independent. Uh, and uh, it it really needed Amgen to come in and take care of some manufacturing issues that were a problem at the time and uh, and to take care of the, the commercialization, the sales and marketing that was necessary. And so um, a, as a result, uh, we uh, in the Seattle area have not had um, 
you know, that really big anchor, although and you could say CGen has matured into that company that makes um, antibody drug conjugates, uh, discovers, develops and, and markets them as well. But that's now going to become part of Pfizer. This is just kind of part of the natural um, evolution of companies. And what this region is really good at is the discovery and the development. And um, it has not uh, historically uh, retained all aspects of the value chain, including the commercialization. Now, maybe that will change at some point. Uh, but um, like I said, where we are is, uh, is a really great place to start and build companies. You mentioned Immunex. Was there something that catalyzed biotech in the region? What, when did it start to really take hold as a, a center for biotechnology? Well, so Immunex really was kind of the, the founding father company in Seattle. There were a few others. Zymogenetics and genetic systems were some of the earlier, uh, that, that first generation set of companies from the early 80s. So there, that was part of a national uh, boom. So Genentech and in the Bay Area and Biogen and Genzyme in the Boston area were just getting started in the early 80s. Uh, Amgen was another in Southern California. And Immunex was uh, that kind of standard bearer here in Seattle. And uh, uh, there were a couple of entrepreneurial scientists from the Fred Hutchinson Cancer Center. There's that name again. They spun out, started their own thing, raised money and uh, eventually developed a couple of products, one of whom, one of which was uh, among the very biggest ever uh, to be developed by this industry, and that's Enbrel. If someone wants to learn about the industry in the region, what do you suggest is the best way for them to educate themselves and get a lay of the land? Yeah, so uh, Life Science Washington is the local trade association, and uh, they have a lot of facts and figures. They'll do reports um, each year uh, about uh, things like the economic impact and uh, the, you know the number of jobs and how much they pay, and that they do policy advocacy. So you, there's a lot of basic uh, facts and figures there. You can also just look at who the members are, uh, who's on the board. Uh, that, that'll provide kind of a quick sense of who's who. And as you think about the challenges this industry faces, what are some of the bigger challenges within the region? Um, I think a lot of them are similar to what you see nationally. I mean, it's been a difficult time in the stock market um, and for venture capital, some venture capital uh, backed companies finding it hard to raise money. So there, there's there's pain going around with uh, layoffs and programs being uh, shelved and, and curtailed. Um, the, the Seattle region um, is actually doing okay, relatively speaking, I'd say. The, the number of jobs uh, did uh, increase over the last, say, five years. Um, and uh, outpacing what you might have expected based on just ordinary economic trends. So I, I think um, we're doing okay, uh, but no different than anybody else in terms of, you know, how, how do you manage your business post-pandemic? How do you balance work from home with uh, being in the office? Um, all, all those things are, are, are true here. You know, but, but also our, our region... You know, um, I, I should mention, we, we have high cost housing. 
and that has uh and and the usual traffic that you often see uh in, in uh, fast growing regions so we we've got some work to do on um creating affordable housing effective transportation um public safety um getting a handle on that um so these are bigger issues across the region that affect everyone, but certainly affect biotech uh, as well. For companies thinking of locating to the region, how welcoming are local governments? Are there tax benefits, grants, or other financial incentives? Do they provide any kind of fast track permitting? You know, uh, not a lot. There's not a lot of history in Washington State or City of Seattle in terms of offering tax benefits or that sort of uh, enticements um, that you hear about sometimes. Um, I would say that um, the local government, the local community is welcoming in terms of uh, the culture around entrepreneurship uh, and just a, a willingness to help. Um, that's it's kind of hard to put your finger on and quantify, but um, you, you definitely see this in uh, San Francisco and Boston. Someone um, comes here and uh, has a, an idea for starting a company. Uh, there's a there's a culture around a willingness to help. And um, I, I think that goes a long way uh, to. Uh, you know, because these are these are hard things. <laughs> it's you go to some parts of the country and say you want to start a biotech company. I mean, people would look at you strangely. Uh, I don't think this is one of those places. <laughs> now that big four bio is starting an addition for the region. How do you see that benefiting the biotech community there? Oh, uh, anybody who can help um, form connections within a region and across regions uh, is welcome. I, I, I think um, I certainly through my journalism platform, I'm able to do that. And I feel that uh, it's very much welcome and needed. Uh, so yeah, to the extent that Big Four Bio can, um, can help uh, provide some shared services or connect people from Seattle to Boston to San Francisco and San Diego and these other cities that you operate in. Uh, I, I think that's uh, a definite plus. And as you think about the year ahead, what are some of the the key developments people should be watching for in the Seattle region? Uh, I think everybody is hoping and waiting for the, the markets to turn uh, and and just uh, give everybody a little more breathing space uh, on some of their milestones. But I mean, in, in specific terms, uh, the uh, the CGen acquisition is supposed to close, I think, by the end of 23 or maybe the first part of 24. Um, and, and that should um, that should be a, a positive catalyst, I would say, because there's a couple thousand people that work there and have gotten really good experience and uh, they will, some of them will stay with Pfizer for sure, uh, but others will be freed up to do other things. And so they will populate some of the other companies that could benefit from those skills. Maybe a few of those people will start something new. Uh, it, it's um, a process of renewal 
and I think it will help fertilize the soil here uh, in a positive way in 24, in 2024 and years beyond. Luke Timmerman, founder and editor of the Timmerman Report and biotech mountaineer. Luke, thanks so much for your time today. Thanks a lot, Danny. Thanks for listening. The Big Four Bio Podcast is brought to you by Big Four Bio, the leading aggregator service of the top life sciences regions around the world. To subscribe for free to Big Four Bio's daily newsletters, go to big4bio.com. This podcast is produced by the Levine Media Group for Big Four Bio. Our theme music is provided for the podcast by the Jonah Levine Collective and appears on the album Attention Deficit. Alpha Pup Records. <laughs>